Everybody and thank you for joining us on this episode of Chatting with Country. Today on the line, I have my baby sister Kiki. Hey, uh, hey, what you doing? I just got out of work. Who doing something productive? Oh, that's a big old smile. That means you ain't doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> Something productive for the young generation, trying to set the tone. Oh, okay, I'm sure they are very appreciative to a sugar. <laughs> Heavy on the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we wanted to get on here because, man, my sister always have some good stuff to talk about and. I'm really, she really needs to come on this podcast more. I don't know. Maybe we can get her on here like three, four times a month. Um, because she got a really old brain. And so she was just talking about depression one day a couple weeks ago. But then life started happening to her. And so here we are so that we can have that conversation. Go on, jump it off, Keith. Okay, so is we going to make it about depression in just the younger generation? Or is this like depression for everybody? Because I'd rather speak on the younger generation. Just, yeah, because that's what you was talking about. And you I was, was talking just going to say only just because like I see, I'm seeing more um, different types of um, deaths now due to like I, well, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of different deaths now in the younger generation due to um, not being able to deal with life obstacles, in other words. So basically just deaths due to crashing out, if that makes sense. And yeah, that, because when you were talking, you were just saying this ain't even violent stuff that's taking place. Yeah, yeah, okay. because... <clears throat> If they can remember on a previous podcast, I talked a lot about like, you know what I'm saying? Losing like some of my closest friends at like a young age due to mainly, you know what I'm saying? Gun violence. Now it's like the roles have switched and now I'm losing um, close people close to me due to like overdoses. You know what I'm saying? And that's like a little different for um, our generation. Yeah. Um, so I really want to start by just saying, well, I want to start by just saying, I'm going to ask Hilti, um, what do you think, what do you think, um, okay, what I'm trying to say. Okay, let's start by talking about drug abuse and stuff like that that leads to depression. Is that like you? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So that they are abusing certain substances that's keeping them stuck, right? Yes. Because I can take weed as an example, and a lot of people feel as though weed um, do not lead to depression. But any substance that you overuse that mask pain, right, um, can lead you down a road of depression. 
Um, and for people that smoke weed all the time, you know, not to throw no shade or nothing, because I, I had my moments, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to grow within myself and ask myself, like, why are you really smoking? Right? Am I smoking because I'm selling it? Am I smoking it because I'm around people and they smoking it every day? Am I just smoking it just to get high? Or am I smoking it because of the problems and stuff that I'm going through? And I think that goes for people that's drinking. That goes for people that's popping pills. The initial thing is, what are you really trying to mask? And, okay, so this is what I think. So back in the days or whatever, when it came to, like, depression and stuff like that, people went, like, the older generations did stuff to keep them from feeling depressed. You know what I'm saying? I.e., let's say, okay, you got an older person that's feeling down and boom, they go to the gym and work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be like their coping mechanism. That's a positive outlet. Or, um, Or when they feeling down depressed, they go sit in somebody's church. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was different outlets to dealing with depression back then than it is today. Today, I'm speaking for only my generation. Um, I feel like their outlets to dealing with depression is negative things like doing drugs or, like, overly drinking, um, popping three, four, five pills at a time just to feel um numb to whatever they going through I can't really say it's like more so of chasing that specific high because people who pop pills also smoke weed you know what I'm saying so it's not the high that they chasing I think that they don't really know how to deal with life obstacles because that's that's how I look at it. I look at it like you're going through stuff in life that you're not really sure how to deal with or what you're supposed to do about it. And so you revert to abusing drugs or alcoholism just to numb whatever it is that you're feeling. You know what I'm saying? And I just wanted to speak to our generation specifically because I feel like the depression word is like thrown around so much that people start to look at it like, okay, ain't nothing really wrong with you. You just ain't getting your way. And it's like 85% of the time, that's exactly what it is. I can't really, I, I can't really like, you know what I'm saying? Say a ratio of how many people actually be depressed because I don't know unless I see the actual situation. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing that I did notice is back in like 2020, 2021, when like all the unemployment scams is going on and the PPP loans and stuff like that, you see everybody happy, taking trips, like, you know what I'm saying? Just blowing the money off. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You happy because you got money in your pocket. And being that a lot of us don't really work nine to fives or we, we were looked at as like lames or dorks because social media and the internet and these songs and these rappers that made it, made the younger generation think that 
working a job is not where it's at. Like, they make them think, like, oh, you just got to go sell drugs or you just got to get fast money or you got to just go into the rapping business to have a lot of money or to just be able to survive, period. And that's well, let's go back. Is. Let's go back. Why do you feel as though people... Like rappers are out there portraying like you don't have to work, you can just sit back and pop pills and kick it and chill mm-hmm. all day. Why why do you feel like that's the thing? And then why do you feel like people that generation listen to those things? Okay, so I'm gonna say this. I feel like they put that out because they know that's what's gonna get them the most attention or the most publicity. If I rapped about uh, guns and killing people all day, my views would be at a million because that's all these kids listen to nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So if it's just like, um, if, okay, if I go do an interview right now and I talk about strictly, I did research on like every rapper in the industry and I go do an interview on like all a personal business. I'm going to get a lot of publicity for that because that's stuff that people really do want to know outside of just the Instagrams and the music and stuff like that. Sometimes people actually want to know what these people is really going through in real life aside from the fame life. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like rappers and stuff rap about stuff like that because they know that's what's going to get them the views. That's what these kids going to listen to. It might be a rapper out there right now that's rapping about killing 100 people, um, popping 20 pills a day, and some more stuff, and probably don't even do that in real life. But you're going to well, say... Well, like, none of these people, a lot of these people don't do it in real life, yeah, and but that's you're gonna the say sad you do part. It because that's, that's what you know selling. that they're going to listen to. That's, you, you know that that's going to make you some money if you go rap about stuff like that. You know your... Um, your views and stuff gonna go up on the charts and everything like that. So I feel like that's why they rap about stuff like that. And your second question was what? Shoot, if I'm not the second, I'm not sure uh, what the second question was. I want to say maybe you said um, why do you think they listen to that type of stuff? Yeah, but I got another question. Just I mean, because you probably answered that within that one. So. Um, what do you think put kids today in the mindset of guns and drugs when they come from good homes? It could be a number of things because, and I only just say that, like, I can't really say like the whole, you a product of your environment thing only because it's people who grew up around that type of stuff. And it's millionaires now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I can't really pull the whole you a product of your environment thing. I think it's more so of being weak-minded and being easily influenced by the actions of others. Like, that's really the only way that I can put it because, as you know, we grew up in Gary. Gary is nine times out of ten always the murder capital um, we have X amount of homicides, people just dying from like getting stabbed, car accidents, whatever the case may be. Um, most of Gary is like the trenches or the projects or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they want to call it. But 
I'm not a product of my environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when I was like a high head and stuff like that, I always worked a job. I've been working since I was 15 years old. Even when you was a high head? Okay. I quit. Okay. It, okay. <laughs> well, before I change, put it that way. Okay. I, okay. You know, the type to go to school. Like, I didn't do the whole skipping school to go smoke and get high with my friends. Like, I didn't skip class. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was really, I look at myself like I was just a typical kid. Yeah, of course, I fought. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, just regular stuff that kids would do. I didn't do the whole off the wall stuff where you like skipping school and you um going to have sex with a 30 year old and you know what I'm saying? Uh skipping class and fighting teachers and all that. I I wasn't one of them type of kids. I just had mm-hmm. a bad attitude and it was more so like don't play with me and I ain't gonna play with you. Simple. But I also always made sure I was doing something productive because I feel like free time leads to mess ups. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I always made sure that I was either playing basketball. If I wasn't playing basketball, I was chilling. If I wasn't chilling, I was playing volleyball. Um, If it wasn't no sports at all, I'm going to work. Even in the summertime, I'm getting a summer job and I'm going to go work. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, to answer your question, I just think these kids don't really have a strong man and they do what they see others do. Like they don't have the right type of guidance in them, like a strong amount of guidance to even lead them down the right path. I also feel like kids, you know what I'm saying? Draw to that type of stuff because most of these kids, mamas is their friends. So mm-hmm. if I don't fear consequences, I'm going to go do whatever I want to. And I don't care what nobody got to say about it. If I know that I can go out in the world and do whatever I want to, and my mama just going to stick by me regardless, no matter what, then I'm going to do whatever I want to because I know I got my mama on my side. She not coming with no switch off the tree and whooping me in front of the classroom or um, I go to jail at 14. She not coming telling the police, Go ahead and take them. Teach them a lesson. You know what I'm saying? Let's go back to depression is used so loosely that people, you know, it's more so that people just want their own way. Like, because you hear, you know, that generation saying, oh, my God, I'm depressed. Life happening, but you ain't going to work. You ain't trying to go to work. You know, you're not trying to do nothing for yourself. And because you can't get $10 to get high, you depressed. And don't nobody love you and ain't doing nothing for you. You know what? A wise person always told me, if you can't afford it, you don't need to be doing it. And a lot of people my age, like 25 and younger, don't want to hear stuff like that. Your closest friend will fall out with you just for telling him or her, hey, man, you slacking. You know what I'm saying? Get on your shit. Like, you can, you, you better than what you portraying to be or you're better than just, you better than this bum mentality that you got in your head to just mm-hmm. sit around and just don't do nothing. 
get into the most negative thing that you can possibly think of just because you're bored and you don't have nothing better to do. I so think I what, like, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I feel like if you gonna fall out with me, eh, oh, okay. So my point that I was making by saying that is a lot of the people in my generation have yes man people around them. And if you a no man person, then they don't really want to be around you. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's why we lose so many friends with age because at a certain point, you're going to feel like I'm too old to be doing this or I'm too old to be doing that. And then your friends feel like, well, I ain't old enough yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I still want to live my life. Like, I still want to have fun. Like, playtime not over for me no more. I, I still want to play. And how I look at it is, playtime been over. This is, is real Is that life. a kid mindset? Huh? Is that a childish mindset? To think that you just still want to just that you supposed play. to just have fun and no real time, no investment is being put into you. Like it's easy to get out here and just have fun, right? Mm-hmm. But when all of your friends go to work and you just living for fun, one day they're gonna get tired of supporting you and all of this different stuff, and then you're gonna be depressed because ain't nobody supporting you no more See, you know and eventually yo you know you run from friend to friend to friend to friend like i'm mad at this person i'm mad at that person and you just move on down the line you know what i'm saying i get it Chasing and I, don't, fun. I don't think i don't i can't really say that is a kid man state because you mature with age so by the time you 20 to 20 i say i'm gonna give it and this is really graceful, to be honest. From the time you're like 20 to 22, I say, okay, you just now figuring it out. So maybe you still do have rooms for fuck-ups. You know what I'm saying? But even just giving them a grace from like 20 to 22, I feel like that's still like not holding them accountable for the things that they have going on because at the end of the day, you a adult regardless of what you thinking in the back of your mind. You know what I'm saying? And you're not getting no younger. You mm-hmm. can work from literally 14 on up. 14 to 15 starting your summer job. 15 to be exact to go work at McDonald's or something like that with a worker's permit. And then so on, so on. Once you graduate from high school and you get about 18, any job that take 18 and older, you can go get it. You can go work it. Long as you got a diploma, you can go do whatever you want to do in life. You know what I'm saying? If your preference is to graduate from high school and just work and you don't want to go to college, that's cool too. But you should be doing something productive every year of your life to make your life better for when you do get 30, 40, 50 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You will at least have something to fall back on or even just goals that you want to accomplish or that you did accomplish in your younger years to be able to give it to the younger generation that's after us. You know what I'm saying? So if all they see is people our age doing drugs, popping pills and everything like that, that's exactly what they going to follow back because Y'all not the future no more. We are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have to 
set the tone for the younger generation because if we don't, they will act like how they do now. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? That's why when they get people like myself coming into their life, they look at life so much different than they did in about sixth grade or something like that. Because they looking at it like, I don't want to just be grown with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be at a certain age where I still got to ask people for stuff. Like, everybody need help. So I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I'm saying you should want to make your own money. You know what you I'm saying? You should want more for yourself. And you then should always... Exactly. You should want more for yourself. Not only as like a daughter, a sister, a brother, a son, but you should want more for yourself as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I want more for myself as Kanisa. Not as a mother, not as a daughter, not as a little sister, a big sister. You know what I'm saying? I want more for myself so that I can put my family in a position to not even have to want for nothing. Or you don't have to work until you 60, 70 years old. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, I want to get in a position to where y'all ain't got to do nothing. Y'all can just kick y'all feet up. You know what I'm saying? So, like, going back to the whole depression state, it's, it's really, most of the time, it's hard to call whether a person is really depressed or not. Because like I said before, when you got money, you don't see nobody on the internet complaining about how don't nobody love them and all that. When you able to go buy the latest shoes you want, the latest Jordans, the latest purse, the, the latest clothes, the designer clothes. As on long as it's fun field, you ain't depressed. You, you're not depressed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like, I feel like that's something that people should pay attention to. It's I, now I do feel like in certain households, um, more so of black people, parents don't really check on their kids' mental health. You know what I'm saying? You got some parents you can come to and you can sit down and you can have a conversation with, and they're gonna give you the best advice. They're not gonna woulda, shoulda, coulda you or nothing like that. But then you got other parents who you can't even go sit down and have a conversation with because. Before you even get out what you're saying, they already trying to predict what's wrong with you or what's going on with you just by stuff that they seen you do before. You know what I'm saying? For example, if you are <coughs> and you really going through some stuff or whatever, we just going to say, okay, you don't got no weed or nothing like that. But you really going through some shit and you feel like you should be able to go to your parent and talk about it with them. You go sit down and you try to talk to your parent and then next thing you know, they, oh, you ain't depressed. You just mad because you ain't got no weed. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it do be deeper than that. That's why I said, like, drug abuse is, like, really big in my generation and really more so of pills. Like, So I what do you think parents should do? As far as what you just said, how do parents switch it up to try to reach their kids? Because a lot of kids these days, they just don't even communicate, right? A lot of people used to texting. They don't want to hold the conversation because they, they, they just can't, right? And you sit down and you try to talk to them face to face and you get nothing. But then they text you a paragraph like, 
Some that, parents don't want to hit it. That Come play, talk to me. Use your words. Like, what are you afraid of? I think that play a part in not knowing what to say out your mouth. Like, you can't really put it into words while I'm right here in front of your face. But if I write it out, I know exactly what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and the only other thing that I could think of if you are having that type of situation is maybe your child just afraid of what your response going to be to whatever it is that they're going to explain to you or tell you that they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like I told you before, I can come talk to you about anything. I can't go sit down with my mama and just talk to my mama. And I know a lot of People feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can go have a heart-to-heart conversation with my siblings, even my little brother. But I can't go have no conversation with my mama. And even just that alone would make you feel some type of way. And And once again, if you have a weak mind or you sensitive in the brain, that's going to make you feel some type of way. That may be something that bothers you for the rest of your life and you take drugs to cope with it. You know what I'm saying? That's like a major issue. Of course, black parents don't address stuff like that because they always think they are right. Or they always think ain't nothing really wrong with you. You just ain't getting your way. And for a lot of spoiled people speaking for myself, you may feel like that, but sometimes People really go through real life situations like certain things that we go through in life may a lot of people will allow it to take a toll on them. So they revert to drugs to cope with it or to numb the the feeling that they're feeling. They don't want to feel it no more. But not how even- do how do people overcome that? Because that goes back to the whole reason why we having this conversation. See, that's the thing. Right. I don't I can't, well, I can only, uh, uh, I told uh, you, I can only really speak for myself. Like, I can't really. But a suggestion would be, and we talked about positive and negative outlets. Okay, so. Instead of choosing to pop pills or take that shot or to do whatever drug of choice, it's like, find you some positive outlets to be around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Try going to the gym, an axe throwing, a breaking TVs, a drawing, a color skipping, jumping rope. Whatever it is, you know, a person needs to do. And so I feel as though when people get to the place of I can't buy my my $10 sack for today um, and, oh, my God, I'm so depressed or um, my mama was fussing at me today and, and, oh, my God, I'm just so depressed, right? Sometimes you got to take accountability of the situations that you're going through and who put you in that situation, Right. But if I'm going to go find some positive outlets, like you said, I know I can't talk to my mom, but I know I can talk to any one of my siblings. Right. Mm-hmm. If Cassandra and Atiana and Ty felt like they couldn't come talk to me, I would hope that they would go and talk to somebody else where they can actually communicate. But in the same breath, I will hope that whoever they going to, I can trust them enough to give them the real instead of sugarcoating stuff for them, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times kids play victim too. Yeah. 
and you can receive everything you supposed to receive and you still end up talking about you depressed and all this other stuff when it's you that's not getting up and getting out there to make it happen. That's not nobody's fault but your own. But finding those positive outlets, you know, but try Bible study. I mean, try all girls, all boys group. Uh, you know, if your friends just getting high all day, I need to find me some new friends. Let me go find me some gym buddies, some gym rats or whatever they call these people so that I can have these different outlets. And I think if more, like when you at your house chilling, if your friends came over and you got that one negative friend, even if you was to change the music on the radio, that's either going to make them uncomfortable or it's going to make them stay and their mindset going to change. And I think if it was more people to do stuff like that and impart into people, then things will start to turn around. Okay, so let me say this. A lot of people feel like when they revert to drugs, like I said before, it numbed the feeling that they feeling. But not even knowing that when you under the influence and you're not sober, that's like the worst version of you. And I only say that because a lot of drugs that you do is going to put you in whatever mind state you was in before you, 25. Took, before you took the drug. So, for example, if I was mad as hell before I went to go pop a pill, I'm going to be mad as hell while the pill kicking in still. Then that would make me, it don't do nothing but boost my ego. So if I'm mad as hell and I'm already thinking in the back of my mind, like, okay, yeah, I'm finna go catch a body. When I pop that pill, that's not gonna do nothing but boost me up to just go catch the body. Whereas to if I was sober and I was mad in a couple hours or a couple minutes, that shit not even gonna matter no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like when they take drugs, it numb the pain. And I'm going to keep saying that because that's exactly what it is. You do these drugs and you abuse these drugs because you're trying to escape whatever feeling that you're feeling. Not even knowing that once you come down off whatever you're feeling, whatever high you just took the drugs, took the drugs to feel or to get, you back in the same yeah, mindset that you was before you took it. So mm-hmm. now you're feeling the same way that you was feeling before you even took it because now it done wore off. And now you're doing it again. And then it's going to wear off again. Then you're going to feel the same again. And it's like a repeated cycle over and over again. And when you're abusing that drug, you're not going to notice that. you thinking that it's a coping mechanism for you because you feeling how you feeling at the time that you took it. So you feel like, oh, all right, I'm cool now. I just popped me a perk 30. I'm all right. Not even knowing when you come down from off that high, you're going to feel exactly what you was just feeling. So if you was depressed before you took that shit, you're going to be depressed when you come off of it. <sighs> if you was depressed before you smoked to a blunt, you're going to be depressed when you get done. It's a mind thing. People be like, oh, I smoke weed to um, cope with things, or I smoke weed because if I don't, I'm just mad as hell all day. It relaxes me. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. It's a mad thing. 
is a man thing, and you trained your own man to feel like when I do drugs, I'm I. Right. When I ain't doing drugs, I ain't I. Right. But then it becomes, I start to think, it becomes more deeper than just that. When you study abusing these drugs at 21, 22, 18, 20, 19, and you got kids and stuff that's looking mm -hmm. at you or you got children who looking up to you and you still doing it, then that's, that's where my biggest question come in at. Okay, if you, let's say you took a pill and you just had to get resuscitated because you coded, but you got your kids at home while you sitting in the hospital. But when you get out, you're going to go pop the same pill that just almost killed you. What is it really? If your kid's not making you feel like, I don't want to do this shit no more, or I don't want to be a better person, then what else is it? Like, do you, do you just... I'm not going to say you want to die because, I mean, shit, you would have took more than just one or two or three pills. You probably would have took the whole thing. But mm -hmm. I think it's more so of I don't want to die or I don't want to kill myself, but I just don't care to live. You know what I'm saying? So or, it's beyond, you feel like it's beyond attention. For... For certain people, or for most people, mm -hmm. but the thing is, that's the biggest question. If it's not for attention, and you actually dealing with some shit, what is it that anybody can do to make you not feel that feeling no more? Let's mm -hmm. just say you try all the outlets. You went to therapy. You went to go talk to a doctor. You did this. You did that. And it's just still not working. I just still feel like I just got to go take three pills today. What is it? Hmm. What is it? Because at that point, it's not, it's not, it's not attention seeking no more. I halfway don't even want to say it's even depression no more. Like, what is it? I think that's the part where, you know, the hopeless aspect come into play and it ain't really nothing that nobody can do. But that is like the love that you have to figure out for yourself. You know, you got to figure out what's on the inside of you. But that's when you have to also start disconnecting from those things that make you feel the way that you feel. Right. If it's the person that you around that causes you to go into this mood often. Right. If it's going to work and this job suck every day, you know, then you got to start making some lifestyle changes to get you out of this place so that you're not continuously going through the same thing over and over and over again. If you know that, um, hmm, say if a person struggle with weight loss 
right? Mm -hmm. But you keep on putting yourself in the same predicament every time, knowing that what results you're going to get, then why do you keep doing it? And it's got to be something deeper. So it's a trigger that's causing you to go into this place. Uh, you know, for us, it's easy to say eliminate the trigger so that you're not going to this place. But somewhere in there, that person have to identify what it is, what's going on, and start taking the steps that's needed to be able to overcome the situation that they're in. Because if not, it's going to create a spiraling effect. And then it'll affect everybody that's around them. Causing you to feel unwanted, you know, um, unloved, never going to be nothing, can't never do nothing right. You know, it's a whole lot of things that go along with that. And so now I'm quote unquote depressed and now I'm finna pop these pills. Nice and when I come, go ahead. Nice I'm going to just use myself as an example because, like I said before, I can't really speak for everybody else, but I did uh, a while. Um, this was... What's a while? This was like maybe a couple months ago. What's a while? A while is like, what's your purpose? Like, why are you okay. here doing, you know what I'm saying, what you're doing? And so... When I did my why, one of the things that I shed a light on was I used to be a really angry person for, like, a long time. And, like, that's what made me go into the mind state of, like, a menace, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just going to say it because that's not me no more so I can talk about it comfortably now. It made me go into a mind state of a menace. I felt like wasn't nobody with me. Everybody was against me. And it was just like, stay out my way. You know what I'm saying? And so with age, um, I matured. I grew up. And I started taking accountability. And what I told myself was, look, Nisa, if you want to change your situation and you want more out of life, you just got to go for it. Nothing on this earth can stop you from doing what you want to do because God said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what I'm saying? So I told myself, I said, look, I don't want to be no gangster no more. I don't want to be in the streets no more. Like, I just want to be at peace with my life as a whole. And I just want to be genuinely happy. I don't want to have to fake my lifestyle for nobody or anything like that. So like when life started hitting me and I got on my own and I started going through like real life obstacles and I noticed that life gone life, no matter what I can't, I knew that I couldn't use life life and as an excuse for mm -hmm. the things that I was going through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it took me, a long, long time to realize that because you would think since I had a baby so young at 16 or whatever, that that would have made me grow up. And it made me grow up in a mad state of, I know I got a child that I got to do for, and I got to raise. And I don't want my child to be like me. I want my child to be better than me. So 
let me be a better person and set this example for my kid so that she won't think the stuff that I'm doing is okay. Or the stuff that I'm doing, excuse me, is just a way of life. You know what I'm saying? So my message to the people in my generation, just speaking from experiences, real life experiences, i.e. losing a lot of my close friends, um, losing friends that's still here but is like dead to me with age because they wasn't on the same type of time that I was on and they basically got mad at me for like growing up type shit. I would just just say like instead of when you get that urge like you want to pop a pill to deal with whatever you dealing with go to the gym go go shoot some hoops go talk to our youth um like just find a different outlet than popping a pill or um abusing alcohol or smoking a pound a week you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day Everybody got a purpose. And regardless what age you is, whether you know your purpose or not, is there. And God do this thing where he already got your life set. And he going to keep making you go through stuff until you realize this is what I got set for you and this is what you need to be doing. Nothing else. And for the people that don't believe in Christ or whatever case may be, do this for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Do this life thing for yourself. Kick life ass if you got to. Like, don't let life life in become an excuse for you not to be who you were destined to be in life. And that's just period. That's That's what it is. Because, yeah, I can complain about not having money for weed or can't pay my rent or short on my NIPSCO bill all I want to. But at the end of the day, it still got to get paid. So either you're going to make it happen or you're going to be homeless. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to kick life ass or you're going to let life kick your ass. And whichever choice that you, you know what I'm saying, decide to do, that's your preference. I'm not judging nobody. But the positive thing to do would be just be a better you for you. Get out here and do what you got to do to live instead of surviving. You're not a lame or a dork for finishing school that's what we supposed to do you're not a lame or a, dirt or a dork for going to go punch somebody clock so that you can make a way for yourself all good money ain't good money like that fast money that you think you gonna make or that you trying to make or whatever the case may be by choosing a different outlet than going to go work for somebody it only leaves you two places, dead or in jail. 
dead or in jail. There's no other way around it. There's no sugarcoating it or nothing like that. So even if I don't want to go work for nobody else, there's something called an entrepreneur. I'm going to build up my own business. I'm going to go do something productive like doing hair, selling clothes, cutting hair, um, selling shoes, just doing something that I know I actually like to do. And it got to start from somewhere. I'm not saying opening your own business because you don't want to work for nobody else is going to be successful. It might take you a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years to get on top, but at least you did it. You know what I'm saying? Drugs mm -hmm. and alcoholism and stuff like that don't do nothing but drop a band -aid on it. deeper what 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 drugs and alcoholism do is while you sitting on the shore and you mapping out your life and mapping out things that you want to do with a sober mind and just going to go do it is different than sitting on the shore mapping out your life and then a tidal wave come and brush you under that's all drugs do it make you feel lower than you already is. And it's a mind thing that you feeling on top because of the drugs. Let me insert right here. Cause that was good because to add, add into that, the man part of it, when you are under the influence of alcohol and drugs, you're not in your right state. It, it brings out multiple personalities. Yes. And they call alcohol spirits because literally spirits are in there taking over, dogging you out. You know, you ever seen somewhere you stand in the mirror and you'd be like, you ain't shit. You know, you stupid. You this, you that, you know, and talking negatively to yourself, steady keeping you in a place of bondage. And so if you can find ways to navigate positively, then you would end up um, accomplishing the goals and the, the things that you set out to tackle. You know, um, I don't know. That was good. Keep going, Kiki. I want to also put out that daily affirmations for yourself go a million ways. And even if you think they don't, waking up and speaking positivity into your life is just top tier. I wake up every morning and say, Ooh, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Let me get myself together and let me go set an example for these kids. I say that literally every single day, every single morning. Everything that I wanted to do in a matter of a year that I said that I was going to do at the beginning of the year in 2023. I accomplished each goal that I set for myself. And I'm so proud of me for that. Even if nobody else don't tell me they proud of me, I tell myself every day, I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? So if you waking up and you speaking positivity into your life, positivity is going to come because the tongue is powerful. If you waking up every day and you telling yourself I ain't shit, you're going to feel just like you ain't shit and you're going to do ain't shit shit. Okay, but yeah, like I feel like I just had to put that out there because like I feel like a lot of people need to hear it coming from 
somebody that's in the younger generation. It sounds totally different from a person that has experienced things and overcame it than a person that has experienced, that didn't really experience nothing that you're going through, but they telling you how to get through it. Because then that puts you in the mind state of, how the hell you telling me to get through this and you ain't never been through it before? You know what I'm saying? Or you never experienced this, so how you even understand where I'm coming from? That's major. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's major. If you got friends who just want to sit and be ain't shit all day, then that means you need to change your friends. You gotta move around. I don't care how, how close you think y'all is or nothing like that. Because a friend want to see you doing great mm -hmm. in life. Even if it's better than them. sitting in the house all day while they working. Even if it's better than them. Like, whatever type of positivity that I got going on for myself, I try to instill that into the people around me that don't really got to drive to do positive things or things that I do. And I'm not saying that, in other words, saying, oh, you need to be like me. No, I want to see you be better than me. Because if I didn't have to go through stuff to get to where I am now, then I wouldn't be who I am today. I didn't use going through stuff as an excuse to be a bum. You know what I'm saying? I use going through shit to make me a better person, to make me better. And if you know me, then you know. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm going to abuse drugs because I don't have no parents. Knowing damn well if your parents want her, they would not see, they would not want to see you doing no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling everybody. X out the excuses, take accountability, and be a better you. This is real life that we living in. We not on no TV. We ain't in no movie. We ain't on the internet. Ain't none of that movie, TV, theatric shit. This is real life that we experiencing that we basically going through stuff that our parents really warned us about. When they used to tell us, oh, you can't wait till you be grown. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll see. You know what I'm saying? Because if I knew life would be like this, when I was hope, I was wishing I was grown, I can't wait till I turn 18. Baby, I would have stayed 14 forever. But this is, this is it. This is our reality. We not getting no younger. We're not the actresses in the movies or the rappers that's rapping on beats and songs and stuff like that this is our real life and I think that's the biggest problem that we have that we experience today too a lot of people is living in a damn fairy tale forgetting that this is reality mm -hmm. this is things that we actually going through we're actually experiencing life I know because we're growing up we're losing friends people dying like you know what I'm saying and not even realizing that this is really just all a part of life. And I really can't even believe that I'm saying that right now because I used to be so tore up about losing, like, my close friends, regardless if it was gun violence, whatever the case may be. I used to, like, <laughs> those are things that took a real-life toll on me that changed me as a person as a whole. 
You know what I'm saying? But instead of making, instead of death making me a negative person, I flipped it around and I turned positive because then I start to think like, you know what I'm saying? If they was here, they would want to see me on top. So what the fuck is I'm down and depressed for and just feeling like my world is ending because they not here no more. That's one thing life will teach you. It don't teach you how to deal with death. It don't teach you how to prepare for death either. But what it do teach you is life is still going to go on regardless of who here and who's not. Regardless of what you're going through and what you're not going through, life is still going to go on. It's not stopping for nothing or nobody. Mm -mm. It's still going to be New Year's. We still going to have more holidays, whatever the case may be. This shit don't stop. So why should I? I'm going to just go with the flow. And I'm going to take the punches. And I'm going to keep going. Because regardless of what you go through, you waking up in the morning is your biggest blessing. Which means that you lived to fight another day. And that's something that you got to tell yourself every day when you get in those moods and you feel like you just don't got nobody, you don't have no hope, this shit is over with. I have, I went um, to uh, Mississippi uh, like maybe when did I go? Two months ago. Yeah, maybe like two months ago and I was using my auntie bathroom and I noticed that older people, um, you know, like usually they have like, um, usually older people sit on the toilet with like newspapers and stuff like that. But my auntie had something in her bathroom that kind of caught my attention and I ended up asking her if I can take it. And I reread this literally every day because I noticed just having faith in life would like um, help you get through a lot of stuff like God said the only thing you need to have is the faith of a mustard seed and if y'all know how little a mustard seed is if you know you know but it's a scripture that I read every day let me insert while you doing looking for it. Okay. But it's an even bigger um the faith of a mustard seed. And I did a podcast on that um in the beginning. They tell you to have the faith of a mustard seed because the mustard seed is the smallest seed, but it grows into one of the largest, the largest trees around. And so I think people look at the small portion of to have faith of a mustard seed and not look at the bigger picture of where they come from because that faith is so big. The seed is small, but the faith is big because of how big that small seed turned into. And so that's why that's important. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so um, the title of it is Bible Verses About Faith in Hard Times, Encouraging Scripture Quotes. And what it say at the beginning... This is really what uh, stood out to me the most. It say we have all faced difficult times of wavering or tired faith, 
loss of a job, health problems, and death happen. And we are left wondering where God is and why is this happening? The Bible tells us that faith is the belief, trust, and loyalty to a person or thing. Christians find their way, I'm sorry, Christians find their security and hope in God as revealed in Jesus Christ. When your faith struggles to keep believing in God's truth and promises, turn to scripture for inspiration and encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, um, the scripture that I read almost every day, um, is Proverbs three, verse three. I mean Proverbs chapter three, three, verse five and six, and it say, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding." And always acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. And that's one that I read over and over and over and over again. And I only read that one specifically over and over again because a lot of the times when we going through stuff, that be the first thing that you hear us say. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. You don't understand it, but God do. Also is another one um, that I read often too. Um, It's Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will up hold you with my righteous hand. That's another one that I read every single day because I know no matter what I'm going through in life, I still got a purpose and God rocking right with me. I know that's one person that ain't going to never give up on me no matter what Mm -hmm. I do in life. I'm going to always have him. And then when you start getting closer to God, And I'm not saying you got to go sit in nobody's church, but just having conversations with God and just connecting with him, you start to feel like a ton of weight lifting off of your shoulders. Literally. Peace. Literally. Peace in Christ. Literally. Like, I could be feeling, actually, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't felt down since July 23rd of 2023. That's major for me. That's major for a person that just walked with their head down and just felt like the world was always crashing down upon them. And I was one of them ones. But I used death, like I said, as an outlet to motivate me to be a better person because what I do know is even though you're not here physically, you're still in my heart. You're still with me regardless. And it took me a lot to understand that, but getting closer to God made me understand that. Even though you're not here with me, you're still in my heart. And I know you see everything that I'm doing. And I know that if you see me doing something that's unlike me, you would be disappointed. 
So I'm going to do whatever I got to do in life, period, to be proud. I'm going to do me unapologetically and I'm going to serve my purpose and I'm going to walk in the path that God created for me. Because once I found my purpose, life wasn't life for me no more. I can't really tell you the last time I just had a horrible day. And I try not to even speak on horrible days because I know tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be better than yesterday, so I'm not even tripping on it. You know what I'm saying? But that's major. I think a lot of the people in our generation as well feel like, why would I just believe in somebody that I just can't see? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you believe in a lot of people you can't see because you listen to rap music and you feel like they doing everything they rapping about and you ain't never seen them. You don't You don't even know these people, but you believe them. So why it can't be the same way? You know what I'm saying? Another verse um, that I read a lot for that reason that I just explained is it say now that faith it say now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews 11.1 1, as followers of Christ we seek to trust and grow in our relationship with him even though we have never seen him. You not just waking up every day just off the strength of you. That's not how life works. We ain't doing it. So I feel like maybe if our generation got a little closer to God, and I'm not saying go sit in nobody's church because a lot of church people be hypocrites. I just feel like we need to Get into the word. I don't care if you just read the word an hour out the day. But get closer to God and you will feel so much better about life and yourself. Because everything that you go through, he is explained and he's telling you exactly how to get through it. Just by trusting in him. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. If you trust God, you can't go through life beating everything no matter what it is you just gotta put your trust in him and you gotta have that faith that he gonna change your situation around but you also gotta work with him if he see that you trying it's gonna happen you can't say I want this for myself and then turn around and go do something else that's in a total opposite direction of what you're saying word of mouth or what you want for yourself. Yeah, sometimes we we got it in our head what we want to do, but if you're not exercising what you want to do, then what do it mean? It means nothing. You have to stand on your word. You have to take accountability. And you have to cut off 
excuses because in life, like I said before, we're in reality. It's no time for excuses. There's no room for excuses. Either you're going to do this shit and get through it, or you're going to let this shit take you under. And that's it. I'm done. That's today's show of Chatting with Country. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. They always talk about me because they say that I cry over everything. Yes, because right? I know you over there crying. And, that's irritating. And, well, but listen, I got to give you some flowers, right? Because although you are a hellraiser, was um the her huh, and these words um uh, I'm proud of you. I'm gonna keep correcting you. I really say that because now I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to stop and let me just finish because I'm proud of you because you are not only trying but you're doing and. I, I'm grateful because the prayers that I pray as I listen to you talk, and that's what makes tears fall from my face, right? Because the prayers that I pray, I I can hear it developing, right? Um, I listen to y'all say all the time, like, I'm a little you, I'm a little this, I'm a little that, and I always be like, it's okay to have that that one side of me. But I need y'all to have that that prayer side of me, you know, that that faith side of me as well. And so just to hear you, I'm like, God is answering prayers right before my face. And and so God has been placing you. And I say that all the time. And yes, I be trying to get her and her little friends to go to church and stuff like that. But they is not doing it. But eventually it's going to happen because of the way she's talking, because it's kids that she got to reach. And so. God is a strategist and I say that all the time because what he did was he placed Kiki in a school district around children but he elevated her all in the same breath and made the girl a head coach that don't make me pass out because in being in a head coaching position you have to watch what you do in order to stay there, her dream was to always play ball and do it somewhere professionally. But here she is now. She can impact the lives of those that's going to come after her and even her daughter. Right. And so for me, that is just like, I got to give you your flowers um, just to hear. To hear the change, to hear the maturity, you know, and, and hopefully Kids your age are listen to this and, and gain something from it. And hell, even people my age, senior citizens, hopefully somebody can take from this podcast and, and say, okay, that touched me. That changed me. Okay, maybe I won't hit the weed today. I'ma just go for a walk, you know. And so in our takeaways. Wait, wait, wait. I'm wait. A, I can't go say, ahead. I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> No, please don't. Because I work a really good job. But let me tell you. One, two, three. Okay. She can't never be serious, y'all. See, that this is what she do. I like she she can't things. never be serious. This is her coping mechanism so she don't cry. All I got to do is say, just give me that cup of pineapple juice at the end of the day. <laughs> Cranberry if you got it. Okay. <laughs>
This is how she don't cry. Right. I ain't figured that out yet. I just cry. I don't care. I don't care if it's a commercial. I don't care. I'm going to cry if I get emotional. But here go the takeaways. Number one, we're going to say go for it and just stop being afraid. Stop living in fear. Um, number two, what's your why? Why do you feel like you're here? What's your purpose? Who and what do you want to be in life? How can you get to these places? Who do you need to get rid of in order for you to, to get there? Number three, keep your kids busy because free time leads to, to other stuff. And stop friending your children without some type of consequence. Your kids should, they shouldn't fear you, but they should know that you don't play. You know, um, and number four, kick life's ass and stop letting it kick yours. Cut off the excuses. And on that note, Kiki, we thank you for coming on the show with us. Thanks, guys. If if you're hanging out with us, we're going to hang in there with you. Peace. Thank you.